Hello, everyone, and welcome to Steel Blade Showtime. I am your host, Brandon. As always, I'm here with my co-host, Derek. Derek, how you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good, pretty good. Uh, could be a little bit better, getting over being sick, so, uh, you know, nothing serious, just a little bit of a sore throat. So if I sound a little bit unenthused, that'll be why. Derek, you started a new job this week as well, so things are looking up pretty well for you. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Tons more time for Fab with this new job. I've got the super standard 8 to 5. It's great. All right. Um, so, so this past week you had your new job. Did you Were you able to get any flesh and blood in at all? No, unfortunately. Uh, as soon as the uh, the free time was about to hit on on Wednesday, uh, that's when I started getting sick, and I wasn't about to go uh, bring some sickness out to armories on the start of ProQuest season. So I decided to just be a stay-at-home kind of guy. How about yourself? Uh, honestly, sometimes that's a smart decision because being sick... And also just being around other people could make you worse than what it would be if you hadn't just stayed in. Um, me, I was going to go to Armory on Thursday. And like typical, I do not set an alarm because 90% of the time I'm up by like 2 or 3 on Thursdays. And I'm also kind of like, you know, if I wake up, you know, I wake up in time. Because I'm being third uh, shift. Uh, I don't, it doesn't matter to me whether... You know, I oversleep or not because sleep's always good. As much as I'd love to attend the armories, you know, skipping one here and there to get a little extra sleep is not a bad thing. So I woke up and I looked at my wife and I said, what time is it? And she goes, seven. And I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to armory then because it starts <laughs> at 630. Yeah, you'd just be a little bit late. <laughs> just a tad. Um, so then Saturday I did go to ProQuest in uh, Harrisburg at the Adventures Guild. Um, I took Leviah as per usual, and I started off against an old him who just pummeled me to death. Um, and when you get hit with a frost fang that gets pummeled and you have to either discard to or discard and pay to with a handful of reds, it doesn't look good for me. Um, no, that's brutal. And he was on an all ice version. So he told me after the game, he's like, yeah, I don't have any oak and olds in here. It's just purely ice and i was like wow after that i went against um dorinthia i believe yeah dorinthia yeah and i was like you know what i'm not gonna block and i was rolling fours like a lot and i was basically able to just overpower this dorinthia with my attacks because i attack for a lot um, I kept my blood debt in check, and I was able to close the game out with a, I believe, Dominate. So I was 1-1 at that point. Not bad, not bad. And then went against a Dromai, and I was doing so well against this Dromai. Um, at one point, I I was it was like 25 to 18 or 19. They were at 18 or 19, and... Um, I was just ignoring the dragons and going for face. Um, I played a tome of Findle from Arsenal. I had actually rolled a one on scabs. I got the gambler's gloves, used them to re-roll, and, and I rolled better. So I played the tome out of Arsenal, drew, drew two, 
went up to five, gained five life, went up to 30, you know, banished some, and then, you know, I was keeping the tempo on my, on my side, and then I rolled a one and took five blood debt and just started dropping. And at that point, they were able to just kind of, with a full hand, the ones literally just take the tempo from you. And once they have that full hand and you're in the blocking part, it, it's never good. So after that, I couldn't recover. Jeremiah is so hard to go against. Like, as soon as you give an inch, she can take a mile. It's, yes. it's so incredible. Yeah, he started off, um, I think he just attacked for it with sweeping blow for one and then arsenaled. <laughs> so my response was, all right, here's a command and conquer because I had nothing <laughs> else in my hand. I was the only thing in my hand that I could play because I was like, I'm not going to, I took the sweeping blow for one. I was like, I'm right. not going to just block as much as I want something in my grave. So I play, I was like, all right, did that. And I actually, like I said, I kept tempo pretty well. Because um, the Band and Conquer ripped a couple cards. I used up his uh, armor early, but as always, one's hurt. Uh, the next round, I went against Bravo, who is a fellow local and friend, Sam. And we were doing good. It was pretty It was pretty back and forth. Um, and I rolled a one, did my gambler's gloves, and I rolled another one. And Sam just looked at me and him just both started laughing. And I was like, Sam, it came back to get me. Um, it ended up being a lot. He did. And I was at like, at the end, like this was like mid game. So I, th I think it was mid game. So I was able to still, you know, try and keep the tempo with him for a while, which I did. But Bravo being able to dominate stuff, I dropped the husk on a spinal crush because I had a wild ride in my hand and I didn't want to risk a... Uh, I was like, you know, I could just give him the husk. It won't, you know, it won't matter at that point. It'll hit for three. I can get the go again. Because so I wanted to save the, um, save the carrion husk for when they, when he had a crippling. But he right. didn't have a crippling till the very end. And I looked at my hand and I looked at him. And no, he didn't dominate it. I, I lied. He threw the crippling and I looked at my hand. I looked at him and I literally, I would have to use my whole hand to block and I would just die to blood death the next turn. Um, the oh. drone, I, so I just extended my hand cause I was like, yeah, this is it. And, uh, the, so the drone, I and Sam both top aided. So, you know, that's, there's losses. Vindication there. Yeah. And then last round, I played a Briar, and I was st sitting there. Um, I made some changes to the deck. I cut out the Meat Axe. I cut out Berserk. I slapped a one. I put it one claw and one in a lantern in. Um, but I was looking at the Dromai, and I was like, I don't really want to play the claw again. Not Dromai against Briar. And I was like, I don't want to play the claw and a lantern against Briar. So I went crazy and I put no Null Rune or Arcane Barrier down at all. And I'm just like, we're going to race this game. And I was able to actually outrace the Briar. Because yeah, I, I think you made the right call there. It's like. Uh, multiple. I got multiple rolls of like six, I think, in that game on Scabskins. So. Ooh. And that game I ended with the dominated uh, Writhing Hulk Beast. So. That's beautiful. I had some really good uh, Blood Rush Bellow turns. Against Sam, I had a really good one. Um, and then he also 
hit me with a disable that put it on the. I had one in Arsenal and he hit with a disable. He oh, that, thankfully I talked about this because I forgot all about this happening. He hit with the disable. I thought I had blocked it enough, and then he hit it with a pummel. And I was like, oh, well, all right. So that went to the bottom of my deck, and I had to discard a card for Pummel. And I discarded a beast within in hand. So I was like, all right, you know, whatever. Seven cards later, I finally hit a six. Oh, my God. <laughs> that game just wasn't in my favor. I was just giving Sam free damage. Yeah. He was like, wait, wait, wait. After I finally hit it, he's like, Did, what just happened? And I was like... I was like, that's like seven cards I had to get through to get to a six. <laughs> it was a fun game, though. Um, so I ended the day at two and three, but honestly, I'm happy about it. You know, I had a lot of fun. I got the coin. Um, I have no complaints. Uh, the deck, I, f I feel like it's going really well. I've, like I said, I made some changes. I put in more attacks, more banishes to try and control my blood debt a little better. Probably work at it a little bit more before this upcoming weekend, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, that sounds like you got a, a real good lineup going. I know I got a peek at the deck list there, uh, but it sounds like it's handling a lot better. Treated you better this week than it did at the Owl 1K, for sure. The scab skins treated me a lot better. That's what treated me better. No. Right. I think a lot less ones. Yeah. Um, I remember against the Briar, I actually rolled it. It was like, I looked at my hand and I said, all right, if I roll a four or a five, I win. And I rolled a two and I said, all right, I'm cracking the gambler's gloves. And I don't remember if I rolled another two or a three or something but it it didn't burn me i don't think it helped me but it was one of those where i saw the opportunity to win and i had to take it thankfully right. it didn't burn me in the end but it could have scapson's always has that like it's it's such high risk high reward i love that about the brute <laughs> yeah because those sixes feel great the ones feel terrible oh, um God, yeah so next week we are both of us are going to be attending from the ashes on saturday their pro quest that they have thanks to our friend and fellow listener and fellow player nigel he signed us up for that thing to get us in there because they were getting low on spots so i just want to shout out him and say thank you for you know getting us in there and yes thank um, you so much I didn't even consider the fact about them selling out. This is my first time actually being able to make it to a, a pro quest during the season. So it, it didn't even cross my mind. Like, oh yeah, there's limited seats. You know, it's fine. There'll be some. Yeah, he's like, yeah, there's only eight left. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be there. Um, as usual, I'm taking Leviah. Uh, I want to at least try and get one win. <laughs> That's my yes. goal. I'll be on Arachne again. I had some pretty good luck with them last time. So let's see if I can uh, hold that pressure. Maybe you might hold that pressure into a top eight or maybe even a ProQuest invite. I don't know about a, about a ProQuest invite. I'd be stoked if I got it, but... 
I just want top eight. If I could get those fancy Soraya sleeves, that'd be awesome. They are pretty cool. And the judge promo for this is pretty cool, too. It is Typanis's offhand with the proclamation of reclamation, I think. I think it's requisition. Ah, that was uh, close. Yeah. But it's a, a really fun little UPF tool for the uh, for a little UPF unique hero. Uh, it is action, discard a red, uh, red card, destroy the proclamation of requisition, and each opponent chooses an item or landmark they control, and you gain control of those permanents. <laughs> So this, is, this is basically saying, "Hey, hey, Dash, give me, give me your tools, give me that fun <laughs> stuff, that that Teclo Pounder you started with. That's mine now." That <laughs> <laughs> is, but he doesn't have. So it's the offhand, which I thought was interesting. So as of right now, he does not have a main hand weapon, so I don't think there is any generic one handed. Is there? There are not. So no. So I I think that's going to be a really. I think it's kind of like a an early tease that probably the next thing that we like the next judge promo is probably going to be a one-handed weapon for him maybe it's just a pointer finger where he just points his finger at people and starts yelling right (laughs) i would be so stoked if that was it i gotta pick up a typhanus he is so cool um speaking of upf this week we got we're talking upf and the have a heart tournament that i was planning Breaking news, we have some fresh heroes coming out of the pits. With this week, we have updated information from Outsiders, the upcoming draftable standalone set. We have a really cool uh, new lineup. So we got this really sweet new tease. Uh, We've seen the art, we've seen the names uh, for... A six-hero draft pool, uh, which is something completely new they've done. Uh, you know, we, we were talking before with, with Riley, like, oh, do you like the three or the four-hero setup better? And then literally this next week, they they come out of the woodworks and say, three or four? No, we're on six now. <laughs> That, that was definitely, like, out of nowhere kind of thing, and it was kind of cool, but I do have some gripes about it. Yeah, I'm I'm really torn about this, uh, about this reveal. I, I really like some aspects of it, and some others, I don't know. So, we got, so we got our heroes, as we said. So, we got three returning heroes. With Azalea, Katsu, and Benji. And right now they're showing it's the original Azalea, Katsu, and Benji. I'm kind of irritated that they brought Katsu, Benji, and the old Azalea back and didn't at least rework them a little bit. Um, But looking at it, I can kind of understand why they brought Katsu and Benji into it as well. Because one of the new heroes we also got was... I'm going to assume her name is pronounced Uzuri. And on on the young hero card, her border is the same as Katsu and Benji. Yes. uh, That is thanks to a a little 
tease that we got because as, as as we know uh the the hero borders are from the region they're from it's unrelated to the class uh with the we're not going to get into it with the sole exception of dash uh but this is the first time we've seen a different border on the young and the adult heroes. Zuri has the Mysteria uh, border. Is that the... I think it's Mysteria. I'm suddenly doubting my lore knowledge. <laughs> uh, but either way, it's, it's the home of Katsu and Benji. Uh, so it, it gives the heavy implication that she was from there uh, and then went MIA. We don't know exactly how or why uh, or like what relation she has to it. Uh, but her adult hero has the pits border. Uh, same as, you know, we've, we've seen it on Kavdane, Azalea, uh, Arachne. They all have that like kind of jagged wooden and like spiked border and also like her adult um hero literally just looks like someone who runs the place yes uh and i i the little bits of teases that we've we've gotten seem to give that heavy implication that she moved in and kind of took over town um you know, we know she's one of the the spider operatives, uh, so the same like assassin organization that uh, Arachne is in. Uh, this gives us the little bit of uh, confirmation that I had assumed, but you know we couldn't take it for granted. Uh, there was the question early on of, is that like that red mask that Arachne wears? Uh, is that like the spider's calling sign, or is that an Arachne thing? And as it turns out, that's that's an Arachne thing. That's just his mask, because Azuri does not wear one. And also, just like, looking at all these, we also got a new ranger, but he doesn't look like he's going to be a normal ranger in Riptide, and a lot of people are saying he's going to be dealing with traps. Yeah, that was... They, they did say that in the in that release article. Uh, a new trap-based ranger named Riptide, which I'm stoked for. Uh, I I was really interested in the the couple of traps that were in Crucible of War. Uh, we got that that one little cycle of one in blue, one in yellow, one in red, and they're not great. Just because it's kind of counterintuitive to the entire ranger design, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're if you're running traps and putting them in your arsenal, they're defense reactions that you can only play out of your arsenal. Uh, which means if you're doing that, then you don't have an arrow in your arsenal. <laughs> no. And it, so if you do that, you you kind of, like, shoot yourself in the foot with your setup. So what? we'll find out what we're going to get. And also he has a crossbow on him as well. So maybe he'll have, like, Maybe you'll have like a one-handed crossbow with something else that either allows him to fire arrows from his hand or 
do something with the traps where he can like set them on the field you like maybe like set them face down so you don't know you know there's something there but you don't know what you're gonna run into oh i so hope that's the case because if that is he is absolutely going to be one of my new heroes just so I can <laughs> say you've activated my trap card all the time i will annoy so many <laughs> it's gonna be great steel blade showtime will end after outsiders because Derek has been kicked out of al <laughs> just wait you you heard the prediction here first <laughs> but one thing i'm thinking is i bet you is uh usuri is the hero that's bringing the stealth mechanic onto the assassin because Katsu's a ninja, Benji's a ninja. She's an assassin as a young hero, but she looks ninja-ish in her young hero um, art. So what if, you know, she has that ninja training and ninjas are stealthy. So what if she takes that ninja training she had and uses it to make her one of the best assassins there is. Right, it's entirely possible, and like this is the perfect set and setup to uh, do the the next thing that we just found out. Uh, so the other really interesting thing that we're getting out of outsiders is dual classed cards. Uh, so these cards are hybrid. So, in this case, we know we are getting uh, assassin ninja cards. If you are either assassin or ninja, you can run them. Uh, we don't have any examples of assassin ninja cards yet, but it's going to imply that, like, that's... I, I think you're exactly right. Uzuri is going to take... is going to want to take advantage of these dual-classed uh, ninja assassins cards mm -hmm. and we also got we did get a card revealed as well because they revealed the hybrid we got the codex of i believe that's frailty frailty yes and i am so excited about this it looks like it's either a pvp multiplayer card no you are so wrong or a pve this card is, this is an evil 1v1 card but it also says, so it says each here, it's a yellow, a zero cost assassin ranger card. It's going to be a majestic or mythic, mythic. I keep getting those two mixed up. No, you it's going to be a mythic. It is mythic. That's what I thought. I'm like, no, Marvel. I keep thinking Marvel and majestic. Um, I'll get it right one of these days. Uh, each hero puts an attack action from their graveyard face down into their arsenal. Each hero that does that discards a card. And then create a ponder token under your control and a frailty token under each opponent's control. Yes. There's an S on opponent. And it has go again. And it blocks too. So, what is this going to be about? Why does it say opponent's? So, I, I really like this because... I, I think you're right. This absolutely can be a very fun card for a, a PvE scenario or uh, or UPF. But I, I you don't know how much it took to not tell you about this incredibly rude stuff. This is why I said this card is evil, right? Mm -hmm. uh, this is a 
two-card loop that you can get into with any assassin uh, or ranger. You can technically do it with ranger. Uh, a little easier with assassin, though. Uh, to win the fatigue war. So it's super duper simple. So you've got Codex of Frailty, right? Yep. It's in your hand. Mm -hmm. uh, first thing you do, uh, you you pay two blues to Spider Bite. Yes. Probably you've blocked. Because um, ideally, you don't want to be discarding from this. Uh, then you play Codex. Because Codex does not need you to discard. Mm -hmm. It only says that you do. So if your hand is empty, there's no need to discard. So with this, you've paid your two blues into both your spider bites, which means you've got two resources floating. Then we're going to uh, swing with the, the card we're pulling out of our graveyard uh, and putting into our arsenal. It's a good old-fashioned cadaverous contraband. Uh, do you remember that card? I do not. So it, it's it's a generic out of I want to say it was um, I want to say that was in Arcane Rising. In red, it is a two cost, six power that says when Cadaverous Contraband hits, uh, take a non attack action card in your graveyard and put it on top of your deck. And you know what card you're going to target with that when you're it hits? Target the Codex. You're going to target Codex of Frailty. So you're going to put that right back on top of your deck. And then Coda the Cadaver's Contraband is going to go into your graveyard. At the end of your turn, you draw your Codex. And next turn, you can Dagger Dagger. Codex, get your Cadaver's Contraband, swing it. But and you've got an infinite loop, presuming you keep drawing two blues, and only block with one card from hand. You save yourself a little life, and you get to keep thumping away. Are you 100% sure? Because I know, like, other cards, like, from my Yu-Gi-Oh! days, if you can't, like, you have to do the whole thing to be able to resolve it fully. So, is it a... if you Can you still put something in if you don't have anything to discard? Or do you have to be able to discard to put something in? So I'm I'm heading to the uh, to the spoil now, which I can't seem to find. Uh, let me see here. Of course, Codex of Frailty brings up all sorts of other stuff. I am just pulling up... Okay, so the card text of Codex of Frailty. Each hero puts an attack action card from their graveyard face down into their arsenal. Period. Yes. So that means it is it is separated uh, and not, uh, not dependent on the discard. If it was in reverse of each hero discards a card, each hero that does puts a card from their uh, graveyard into their arsenal... Then you would be, then you would be right. Uh, but it is not dependent on that. It doesn't have any clauses in here about like if you can't discard, then you know destroy your arsenal. 
Nothing like that. So instead, you get to do this, which is going to get you an extra card draw, and them whatever a frailty token is, because that's a new token type, mm-hmm. which has me even more excited <laughs> for these rude, 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 rude things that we get to do. It's like, if that I've been is about it how that fun. works, I feel like that card's going to hit the ban list quick. Maybe. I really hope it doesn't. Because um, even before that heinous combo, like I, I think the correct decision, if they were going to ban something, would likely be to ban uh, Cadaver's Contraband. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, yeah. Because that is the the less cool thing that enables this dumb combo. Um, and even if they did, I would still run it. Because the assassin uh, and the ranger have access to both command and conquer to destroy arsenals, and they each have a way to destroy cards in arsenal in class. Uh, I can't remember what the ranger one is, but there is an arrow uh, that I believe is five power, and when it hits, you destroy their arsenal. Uh, And the assassin has leave no witnesses to banish the arsenal. So in both of their hands, this is a really, really good uh, mechanic because you get to say for zero, go grab a card, whatever you want. It's, it's all yours, buddy. And then you get to grab your thing to destroy that card. Uh, and at least in assassin hands, you know, ideally you've done the spider bite twice ahead of it, mm-hmm. which means either they blocked it twice, uh, so they've only got, you know, after the codex, one card left in hand and one in arsenal, which means they're not really going to be able to block the uh, whichever arsenal destroyer you've got ready, but. Even if they didn't block the uh, the daggers, that still means that you get to... Uh, the, the daggers effect applies. So if they have an attack action left, it blocks worse. So you are just demanding cards out of their hand. I am so, so excited for this card, if you could not tell. I won't spoil... And my mind has been racing with the possibilities. I'm absolutely running three up in this deck. The uh, Ranger card is from the recent set Dynasty. It's a hemorrhage board. It's the guy that has like the arrow going through the back of his head, out of his mouth, and then into his arm. And, and is it uh, is it on hit destroy? It, whenever, oh, it has to have the aim counter. Never mind. Okay. When it has an aim counter, when it hits a hero, destroy a card in their arsenal. It's the one for five. Ah. So that means, for for Codex of Frailty's purpose, uh, this does not... That would not work. Nope. Unless you had an additional way in hand left to give it a uh, an aim counter. Because uh, the only reliable way that we have to give aim counters is on the Sandscour Great Bow. Uh, which I believe just 
hands one to it if it's flipped from the top of your deck. Yeah. I so really that hope that's not how that card works. I don't want to be freaking hand ripped every turn. Or am I just... Oh, then again, at the same time, you can also just be like, yeah, I'm not. Cho I'm choosing not to. It's like, um, like no. if I'm pl playing Leviathan against that, I'm probably not going to do that, depending you on my hand. It doesn't oh, that's say right. which hero may. Well, then I'm putting something in my arsenal wants. every turn. What if I don't have a graveyard? See, <clears throat> not having a graveyard would work, too. I think Leviathan's going to be pretty okay against this. Uh, because you're either going to have your arsenal full, which also prevents this, uh, because if your arsenal's already full, you couldn't put anything into it, so you don't discard, right? Or and for Leviah, if you've got no attacks left in your graveyard, you can't put one in, so you're fine. Or I just swap the attack in the graveyard that I have with the same one in my hand. Yeah, I think entirely that's... possible. It's, like, it's not going to hurt Leviathan all that much. Because even... I'm just looking at it like... He, and also, if you just destroy my arsenal, if let's say I have two cards in Grave, and I need that third, I could just go, okay, did, put the one in, discard a card. If you hit with a C and C, I'm just going to let it destroy, and then all of a sudden I have three in Grave to then be able to play a card in my hand. Right. Like, it's... It's really not necessarily a bad thing, right? It I like it because it advances Arachne's game plan of fatiguing someone. Uh, and it also, like, I, I think the most... The thing that's going to really set this thing's tone is when we find out what frailty is. Because uh, there's been a little bit of speculation of... You know, does it lean into the, uh, like, what the spider bites do and make an attack, like, make something block for less? Uh, does it add, does it reduce the power of the next attack? We don't know yet. Uh, I, what I really hope is with the, uh, so the other part of the spoil, right, is we saw the Marvel version of the Codex of Frailty, which has really big lore implications because the the pits, uh, as well as some other locations, have been dealing with uh, basically three large diseases. We don't really mm -hmm. know a whole lot about them, uh, but the Marvel version of Codex of Frailty is going to be uh, like a, a blueprint research note uh, about this disease. So, I, oh, I was doing so well. I just smacked down my mic. Slap. I was like, I'm doing so well, and then I do it. He almost had it. I was looking. I was looking at it. And I'm like, what if it? It also kind of looks like it could be a page out of the code of the Codex of Frailty. Right. So I'm wondering if they're referring to this disease as frailty. Uh, or maybe that's a prime symptom of it. And if that's the case, maybe I am getting what I wanted. Maybe frailty will be a poison-like mechanic. 
if if a frailty token is something that sticks around and it has a, even a vague negative impact uh, of of say like you know take one damage at the end of the t at the end of your turn uh, that would be great I, I think that would make it too powerful and that would definitely result in either the codex or cadaver's contraband getting banned uh, if it because if you could just loop that and keep stacking uh, this like poison debuff while threatening every card in their hand, I think that would be savage. <laughs> uh, but it could also be something like a baby. This rounds on me, where it's like the first attack this turn is like one less type of thing. Yeah, I, I think that's probably the most likely. Uh, I, I think that is... I think that's balanced. Uh, it's it's not that impactful overall, but someone with a long game plan, like Arachne, at least, or I should say my Arachne, uh, would love to have an additional source that, that begs for fatigue, uh, gives me a little bit of card advantage while debuffing you that's perfect that's that's so much of what I want in a card uh, and it, it it solves the problem of this rounds on me of handing your opponent a card right because if you if you play this rounds on me then well you're going to be a uh, handing your opponent a card, and if you do that in the wrong matchup, you might have just handed them the win. I did that in the draw my matchup yesterday, and I drew into the Blood Rush Bellow. <laughs> so I just ripped the card that I gave him, basically. Right. It's like, but that's it, beautiful. Um, also, so with this, we get to see, you know, the booster box looks absolutely beautiful with the art um three cool guys walking out of a fire oh <laughs> uh, we got uzuri on one we got arachne on a pack and we got riptide on a pack so we're gonna have those three main ones on packs and we got six new blitz decks coming in with uzuri arachne riptide azalea katsu and benji azalea katsu and benji uh, like we said coming back but now that they're getting actual blitz decks so I wonder if maybe they're going to, if this is going to be kind of like a theme for a couple sets where if it can involve someone from the lore, they bring them back and they can give them a blitz deck. So that way, like the older heroes aren't as, I mean, Bravo's not that hard to get to, but, you know, being yeah. able to go and just pick up a blitz deck instead of either buying singles or buying a box and trying to build it is a lot nicer. Yeah. No, it's, it's a really big thing, I think, to be able to hand people these blitz decks. And I think it's probably the most important for uh, Benji in, in this scenario. Uh, just because Benji's card and a, a decent amount of the cards that he likes are only in Crucible of War, mm -hmm. which is out of print and had a relatively small print run to begin with. So, 
may, like I said, maybe this is something we do see, you know, down the road. If like, so as we said, Uzuri's border is the same as Katsu's and Benji's. So what if, you know, maybe the next set somehow it brings, it could bring back in maybe like Viserai or something. And now there's a Viserai blitz stack or like eventually we'll have, like there is technically Bravo, Katsu and all them decks, but they're a hundred dollars a piece almost because they were the first ones. So this is, so as much as I hate the fact that Katsu and Benji are coming back, it is nice because it makes the game more accessible to people. I, the biggest reason I'm so annoyed at this is they, they had the opportunity to introduce a new ninja. You know, give us one old hero of each class and one new hero of each class would have been an awesome spread, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we could have seen Benji uh, because part of the, uh, one of the things we skimmed over there are six heroes in this, but three of them, uh, like it's only two, are young only. Yeah, Benji and the Arachne. Yeah. Uh, this Arachne is Arachne Solitary Confinement, a a young only nineteen health Arachne. Uh, these two. These two don't impact the the whole thing all that much, but that is two new assassins, effectively, one new ranger, and two old ninjas. Yeah, the balance just seems a little weird. They could have done. I mean, maybe what they could have done was make Uzuri a ninja as the young, and then as the old, she's an assassin kind of thing, which would also that would be something we'd never seen before. But at the same time, like I said, you look at the young art, and she looks more like a ninja than an assassin. Right, because that that art is still of her in uh, in Mysteria. Uh, before either she left, or I'm I'm wondering if she got kidnapped. Uh, I'm I'm really excited to to see what this lore is. Uh, it's like Mysteria got kind of ravaged by one of these diseases. Uh, Katsu and Benji are some of the last ones there. Uh, and I I think it's really interesting from a lore perspective that the... that someone else from their clan is, is there. Whether they've forgotten about them or not, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if they were there specifically looking for Uzori, uh, or if they happen to find her, but it's it's a really cool lore include, but I I really dislike it mechanically. Uh, I think it's going to have some crazy implications on the draft environment too. Oh yeah, it also like it's going to be this is this one's like it's so exciting, but it's also like for me it's terrifying. Because, like, how do you make it, like, like Riley said, it's not, like, it's a nice draft, kind of. I'm trying to think, remember the words he uses. But, like, the re- how do you go with six heroes and make it so 
everyone's able to build a decent draft deck because so, that is all in these hybrid cards right these hybrid cards are going to keep you open far longer than you know the the sets we've seen that have the the talents and generics as your way to like stay open these early on you can take your you can take your generics and depending on what you've found there you can start taking the hybrids that you see and start narrowing down so like if i see a codex of frailty first i'm going to say cool i'm either assassin or ranger and then i can look at what card pool i'm getting for both and keep taking hybrid cards if i see them to keep myself open but still be able to switch between and then depending on which of those you find, uh, for Assassin Ranger, that leaves you with four heroes that you still have access to in the draft environment. Yeah. This is, a, this is such a cool, 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 cool uh, setup. Maybe I'm also... I'll be okay at this one. <laughs> Maybe this will be the first one I had to use bobbles. I think is... using a bobble is going to be very unlikely. Uh, we'll see. It's it's entirely possible. You know, it's definitely going to happen. It's going to be much harder to see, I think, who's drafting what. Because the number of hybrid slots that we're going to have, uh, we don't know exactly the booster pack layout yet. We don't know if we're going to always see, for example, one Assassin Ninja, one Assassin Ranger, one Ranger Ninja. Like, we, we don't know if that's exactly the spread that's guaranteed. And even if we do, we're only going to really be able to narrow down. Uh, well, I know someone to my right is playing either Assassin or Ranger. Who knows? That's such a wide spread, especially with four heroes still being accessible with that. And they, they mentioned in this article that the uh, this setup and these hero abilities are designed to you know, complement each of these heroes depending on what you draft. This is definitely going to be interesting for sure. This is something I feel like I'm going to want to like draft a lot of to get experience on it. And we got an announcement on the Pro Tour. It's coming to Baltimore, which is basically right in our backyard. Yeah, I am so excited for that. You know, if I can land, if either of us can land that, that VTI, uh, get, get on in there. That's going to be phenomenal. That's something I can actually do. Because, uh, you know, it was entirely possible that they say, all right, it's in Nevada. Yeah, let's go to Las Vegas for it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I couldn't afford that. But Baltimore? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm trying to get, you know, a bunch of locals together to do a Airbnb down there. Because I'm just thinking, like, there's one with a was like if 14 people got it was 220 to get it from the 27th to the first because i figured nobody's gonna go on the 30th go there 
and then have to worry about driving, you know, spend as much as they want there that day and drive home. You know, we could just go back, spend like one last night in Baltimore and then come home. Um, there's, I, obviously I'm not going to get a pro tour invite. <laughs> I'm looking, you know I'm that. like, you uh, high, roll. high roll my way to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, even if I did, I probably wouldn't want it. This is something that I'm looking more is, I want to keep my, like, I want to be open when I go to this, especially being my first. Um, hmm. I want to be able to walk around, look at stuff, you know, do the side events that I really want to do. Like, I, I'm probably going to do a lot of, like, sealed and draft in this. Um, you know, if, you know, whatever artists they have, I want to be able to get the full experience. Um, there's a top golf in Baltimore, so it'd be cool to plan, like, you know, get a bunch of us together, go smack some golf balls and have some fun after like one night afterwards um like i said it's it's basically in our backyard and i'm so excited for it i know a lot of people are complaining um because of baltimore saying you know the high crime rate and stuff i think you know per, me personally i'm also biased because i've always been a fan of baltimore being an orioles fan i've been down there so many times um baltimore harbor is one of my great memories because uh, during the 2014 American League Championship Series, the Orioles were playing the Royals, and I got to attend that with my uncle and dad. At the time, I didn't know, but that was actually the last game I got to attend with my uncle before he passed. So that's a great memory for me. Yeah. Um, I have plenty of good memories of me and my best friend Shane going down. We go down, try to make a trip each year to go see the Orioles play. Um, so they it's like kind of the, the perfect location for you. Oh, yeah. And... Like I said, you know, yeah, there's some negativity to it, but most major cities are going to have that. And Baltimore is rich with history because you got Fort McHenry. You got so like the battleships that are stopped there. You got the aquarium. There's you got Edgar Allan Poe stuff. There's so much to do in Baltimore that honestly, I think they picked a good place. Meanwhile, I'm just. I'm just sitting there thinking, like, man, I remember going there on a field trip once and getting a, a cup just full of chocolate mousse. That's that's the memory I've got. Oh, <laughs> uh, hey, that's a good memory too. Chocolate mousse is good. Um, and there's a place I was like, I remember when I was down there for a concert. There's, it's called um like Power Plant Live, and it's just this big like bar hangout like live concert place that looks cool. So, you know, there's so much to do in Baltimore if you actually, you know, look into it. It might not be, like, casinos and stuff like Las Vegas, or it might not be, like, Philly, where there's all all this, like, eatery and stuff, but Baltimore has its own little special thing. Like I said, I'm also kind of biased, because I'm a Baltimore fan. Not biased at all. But... On the Pro Tour poster, looking at it, we got Uzuri in the front with Arachne and Riptide behind her. So I'm, I've always, like, you know, you know me, I like to speculate on stuff. What if, you know, Katsu and Benji were looking for Uzuri? Obviously, there's no adult Benji. So, you know, that's where this uh, wrench can be baby. thrown in this. But, like, what if, you know... This is going to be like a, like the background is like Katsu, 
is this is like a fight for the pits kind of thing where you got Uzuri, Arachne, and Riptide fighting with Azalea, who's recruited like Katsu and Benji to try and help keep like the order in the pits. But then you also look at the Christmas stuff and Arachne and Azalea are like, they're in it together. So, I mean, maybe it takes place after it. Maybe this has, maybe obviously my speculation is completely wrong, but what if it is a battle for the pits and our six heroes are the six ones battling for the pits? It's possible, right? Like I, my, my gut reaction before I remember the Christmas story was thinking Azalea's there to get Arachne because, uh, you know, Kingslayer, that's going to be a pretty big bounty. Uh, that, that was my gut instinct, but mm-hmm. then I remembered, yeah, they're pretty chill. They had a Christmas party together. <laughs> She's not going to hunt him down. But you also look at Riptide in this, and he has... I don't... I gotta look at his uh, hero card again real quick, but he has, like... He has, like, the green eyes and, like, the green dripping out of his mouth. So what if Uzuri kind of, like, mind-controlled him? Like, Arachne killed the king, and she's like, I got, this guy's be good to have on my team, and, like, one of her things is she's able to, like, mind-control. Not, uh, not in cards, but, like, in lore kind of thing. I I feel like that would be a very strange thing to not have on either a uh, a wizard or an illusionist. I think both of those would be fitting classes for a character that can mind control. Or an uh, alchemist, too. Because the alchemist can, like, like, brew something up. That's true. You know, a little, uh, like feeble mind style potion make him real uh real easy to coerce not real mind control all right i can buy that oh no like it's, it's all you know there's we have so much more time before you know we even start to see a lot of this but it's I, when I first came out, I was really against the Katsu Benji Azalea reprint stuff. I'm a little bit more leaning to it now. I'm like, okay, you know, it is okay. I think it's fine in the long it's run. It's gonna see um, how they go with it kind of thing. I, I think it's definitely better than them giving all three of those heroes completely new cards. Because uh, I, I think... Especially with what happened with Bravo uh, and the star of the show. They are probably very aware they need to be careful about reprinting like updated hero cards. Because they're well aware printing updates will give them access to the old specializations as well. Uh, the I think the only way they can circumvent that is if they, say, printed... Uh, this was in somebody's speculation of somebody I was talking to. Azalea as an assassin. Yeah. Then she technically couldn't use the old specializations because they're ranger cards. And she wouldn't have a... Unless she had a clause saying like she can include those cards, but then why bother making her an assassin? 
Yeah, I, I understand it. But it'd been like, even if they didn't, maybe it'd be cool to like see, like, they just retrain them a little bit. I, I think the person that I would like to see, like, a, a new version of would have been Benji. Uh, because Benji, I'm so glad they did not print him as an adult with the same power set. That would have been idiotic. <laughs> oh yeah. wants to run against uh, a three spring tiding turn drawing the entire deck. That's <laughs> That would warp the CC environment so much. I would never, yeah, I wouldn't want to play against that. I would literally just scoop as soon as I saw Benji sit down in front of me. Like, I would that swap doesn't... to Warrior immediately. <laughs> Mainline Warrior forever. Because you can at least stall out a couple of turns, right? You it, see those. What's, what does Benji say again? What is it? You can't block with cards on yeah. attacks two or less? But you can still use armor. Okay. Armor and you can Oasis too. Right. So that would have to be your answer. Which is so frustrating. Because uh, so many classes would just get shut out of the meta. Uh, because Benji exists. Like, I think you would actually see Icelander board Heart of Ice. Because it blocks for two. It would be the weirdest, oh yeah, it would be the weirdest decision. That, oh, that'd be that definitely be weird. Um, so we do have so obviously there's one fabled in this set. Do you think it's going to be something like Command and Conquer like they did in Dynasty, or do you think it's going to be a new fabled? I I want it to be a new fabled. You do. I I I think they should. I I kind of have one of two opinions on it i'm i'm kind of flip-flopping even as i talk about it uh i really like like i was so disappointed when i first saw the fabled command and conquer out of dynasty right mm -hmm. beautiful art looks gorgeous but my my gut reaction is this is underwhelming as a fabled because it's a card we already have and it's it's not even a cheaper reprint of command and conquer it is a more expensive one. But on the other hand, that had me turning and going, well, I don't need to buy it. Yeah. It, it's, it's not a unique piece that is going to cripple my decks for not having. It's... I, it, it's That's something where like they took the collector aspect and made it nice, where the fable didn't matter too much unless you were a collector i don't know i think it'd be kind of cool if they went something like maybe a fabled like special azalea in this or maybe take something from her and make it a fabled like knock the death whistle i'm just trying to think of like cards that they could put in this that um maybe they make art of war a fabled in this one because the pits is all about chaos and art of war who knows um <clears throat> we i think that would be interesting I, I think I would 
the Fabled, since it's cold foil, well, at least Dynasties was only cold foil, but Uprising you could get Rainbow or Yep. So it depend, right? Because they, if they did, like Knock the Death Whistle, unless they're reprinting Knock the Death Whistle in the set itself, uh, you would you would have to put it in the cold foil only slot. Uh, so that it wouldn't be draftable. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of... Or if they do something, I kind of like how, like, Blood of the Drakai, it's a cool card, and it, you know, if you're opening stuff, it's going to suck to get, but it's not an expensive, needed card at the same time. Because, um, like... Me get it, getting the eye for Levi to make it a little bit better, that stunk. Um, right. Like, I am I am still, like, waiting and praying that I that, that Heart of Findle comes down. So maybe I can pick one up for Arachne someday. But... Yeah. Um, we got five legendaries. Uh... <laughs> Is there ever been a legendary that hasn't been armor? Doomsday and the Doomsday Eclipse. And Eclipse. Is that yeah, it, or is the there? Ones. Okay, I'm like trying to think back to Uprising. I think it was basically all armor. Oh, and yeah, I guess it's... Dynasty. You have like the supplementals. You have like the heroes and stuff and spirit. Oh, true. True. Okay, so I don't know. I kind of like the legendaries being armor slots. I think in draft sets, they should be, right? I think mm-hmm. it was a poor decision to make the... Uh, to make Doomsday and Eclipse draftable legendaries for a specific hero. Yeah. Um, 31 Majestics, 51 Rares, 128 Commons, 20 Tokens, 20... So I'm assuming we're gonna get a Ponder reprint. Um, so we got Benji. I wonder if it's gonna be like Benji Katsu, um, Riptide Azalea, and Uzuri Arachne, all for the young. Because that'd be that'd be a nice way to do it, where you put like the two of the same hero on it instead of like what they did with. So it'd be more like um, Welcome to Wraith than it would be. Uprising, where the hero had a different hero's weapon on the back, right? Um, so if we do, they do it that way. There's three tokens. I'm assuming we're gonna have a bunch of different weapons to choose from, and uh, we're gonna find out what frailty. And I'm assuming they're probably gonna reprint ponder in it. They're gonna have to for the draft yeah. environment. So I wonder what I, I wonder if there's gonna be any like surprises in there. Or uh, obviously, one's I'm assuming one's going to be a bobble because yeah. always a bobble. And we got th- three marvels, so only three. So they're going to probably be more scarce in this one than we saw in Uprising. And it heavily implies that they're all going to be on codexes. Yes. And and my guesswork is that you know the one we saw is Codex of Frailty. Yep. The Assassin Ranger, we're probably going to see a codex in Assassin Ninja and Ranger Ninja. And probably those are going to be those same style of 
the the research page codex uh, onto one of each of these three diseases. Yeah. Yeah, so we got a lot to look forward to. Um, preview season starts March 4th. Uh, pre-release is the 17th through the 20th. I know, I think three stores around us have pre-releases, so that's going to be fun. Yep, I'm going to try to cram myself into as many of those as possible. <laughs> I'm going to miss it because that's that's my weekend that we're planning on celebrating our anniversary because the 20th is our anniversary. So, you know what? Doesn't matter. You know, this is something I'm looking forward to with her. You know, it's going to be... We didn't really, as, you know, I said in the recap episode of 2022, you know, we really didn't get to enjoy our honeymoon like we did. So this anniversary, you know, we're just talking about renting a cabin in the woods and just going out and relaxing somewhere. That sounds delightful. And to be honest, you know, as cool as it would be to do a pre-release, there'll be plenty more. I only will have a oh, one, yeah. one year anniversary. Exactly. As, as oh. I always say, it's it's best to spend time with your family. The yep. game is amazing. Don't get me wrong. I I will drop most things for flesh and blood. <laughs> but you know, family comes first. If you can't make it for whatever reason, no big deal. Yep. Uh, the promos will be available because there's usually a, a pre-release day promo. Uh, and if I can make at least two, then get one. Hey. Um, so that's about all we got for outsiders right now. Um, I, on the last podcast with Riley, I put a, um, I actually put a, uh, poll on there and I asked the people, you know, what do they prefer? A two plus hour episode or a two hours and under episode? We had three people reply and two of the three said they prefer shorter um obviously you know we weren't expecting ever to go over two hours uh, <laughs> we were playing we were like oh yeah we'll be an hour it'll be yes. fine hour hour and a half to 45 you know that's i'm thinking hour and a half is probably like a decent point um so we're obviously going to try to keep it um shorter than two hours if it goes over two we might have to make it like a two-part two-week series and where we, you know, record it all one week, but, you know, part one gets released first week, part two, that way it gets split up. You don't have to sit through two hours. Um, all to come, you know, we're going to have hopefully a intro soon. My buddy has the outline for it, and that's coming soon. Um, we're looking into getting a new logo at some point. Excuse me, looking ahead to the future. Um, eventually... I think it'd be cool to have like our own discord where I can set a going every other to every single place and trying to get community input. I can just put it in one spot, get as much community input as possible. We didn't have any here because obviously this was a, uh, I had the outline written up for this week and outsiders dropped. So I said, all right, we're pushing it back a week. Yeah. So unfortunately Derek didn't get to do a, an outline for this month, so oh, no. <laughs> don't sound so upset. <clears throat> um, so I'm gonna also before I get into our upcoming schedule, I find I've 
I don't actually check Apple Podcasts because when I upload, I put it on Anchor and it goes everywhere that I need it to go. So I don't really go onto the individual websites. Um, I did go on, for some reason, I decided to go on Apple today. And we got a rating on Apple. It is a five out of five. So we're right now a five-star <laughs> podcast. Um, Jaybird3 repeating, who I found out was our friend Jason, um, said, Brandon and Derek are probably the two most relatable f- fad podcast hosts to do it. Always changing it up and taking it slower when talking about new topics. This is a must if you enjoy fab in any capacity. Jason, I really appreciate it. You know, me and him went to the uh, ProQuest yesterday together and we are talking. And he gave us the question that we love to ask our guests at the end of every episode, which is, you know, what was your favorite memory? So he gave us something that gives us a topic at the end. So thanks, Jason. Yeah, thank you so much. That means a lot to hear. Um, so looking at the upcoming, we in January next week, we are going to sit down and talk about UPF and the Have a Heart tournament because I pushed it back a week, which also gives me time to keep working at what I'm working on. And I'm all working on creating four new UPF heroes that eventually I might buy a bunch of these blank magic cards and create the decks for them, or we sit down and have our own UPF with the heroes I create. Um, I'll give you a little tease for that. The one, two of them are retrains. I'll give you the one who I have. Not only have I created the hero, uh, you know, I gave him, you know, his ability. I gave him weapons. I gave him armor for the most part. I think I skipped the hands because the hands that were already out for him or the arms, I mean, were perfect for the build I was doing. And I gave him three specializations. I believe two are which are legendary. And because of how... Uh, so you'll understand next week why I made him legendary. Um, there is a reason. And I also I think it's three tokens. Well, let's see. One, two, three. Four tokens. Four new tokens. Technically, two tokens and two allies, so. And his name is, I forgot to tell you his name, I got so, you know, talking about him. Genus the Methodical Merchant, who is a Shadow Merchant. So you'll learn more about him next week. Um, after that, we have uh, our friend Chad from from the Ashes coming on. We are going to talk about the Emperor and Reinar with him. You know, the Emperor just, you know, he's an interesting character. Um, in February, the very first week of February, we have our friend, I think probably one of our biggest fans of the podcast, and, you know, all of, he works at Owl, and every time I walk into Owl, you know, his face, there's always a smile on it, he lights up, he lights up the room at Owl, and he makes it such a great and, like, safe place to be there. Um, we got Birdo. We so, are so stoked to have him. Definitely. I have a great conversation. Oh, I have the outline already written up. Um, no, it's just, you know, all of them are just uh, the ones for February, mostly draft. So I'll probably add stuff to them. I try to not add to like the week before. Keep it, you know, they have a week to think about it. The 12th, we have uh, Tommy from Fresh and Buds coming on to talk. So our podcast is going to get real fresh that week. You feel it, Derek? 
I'm feeling it. I'll have to go out and buy a suit when we talk to Tommy. We're going to talk content creation and the via with Tommy. And then on the 19th, Derek, we got a special guest on the 19th of February. A very, very special guest. One that kind of floored me that we landed. So, as you know, I have created a Twitter for us. And I've I got it on my phone, so I've been tweeting more often. And then this person put out a tweet saying how they wanted to be on podcast because they wanted to talk. So I tweeted at him and I said, "Hey, what about an up and coming podcast? We'd love to have you on to talk about you know this subject." And he replied, "He they said absolutely. You know, I messaged him, gave him the outline, showed him you know what dates we had available, um, and we have a date set. We have a." One of the official broadcasters, or commentators, I mean, I don't know why I keep, like, even writing the outline or broadcasting, because in my head, for some reason, that's what it was, but it's commentating. One of the official commentators for Flesh and Blood, we have Flake coming on on the 19th to talk about it. So It's going to be great. I'm so stoked to, to hear, like, the, the kind of insider angle on all of this. So February is going to be a fun month with a fun bunch of people. Um, we're ending January with a really fun. Hopefully we can continue that into March. Um, obviously the 26th of March, we... Oh no, that's April. I'm thinking April. The 30th of April might be a pre-recorded show due to us possibly being in Baltimore. Or maybe we'll record it while in Baltimore. With, if we have the Airbnb, with the people in the Airbnb as a live audience. Who knows? Maybe we'll do something special for that one. That could be a lot of fun. I I personally vote that, but we'll find <laughs> out. Let's never know. Um, fun things to come. Um, and, you know, we're having so much fun here. I, we got, like I said, we're trying to drop this down, so... We got an hour and 14 into this. I We talked a lot, and we got a lot in in that hour. Yeah. It was pretty good. I, I think we've got a reasonable episode. Yeah, we do. Um, Derek, anything you want to add? No, I, th- I think that's about it. Uh, just just a reminder about our, our giveaway that's currently running. Uh, if you see us at any of our any of the local events, so either at an armory, uh, once per this giveaway uh or if you're at the from the ashes pro quest this upcoming week uh and you have to be say hello you have to be in the get entered in discord uh, go for it go for it uh i was just like don't forget you also have to be in the channel the bleak i think it's just the bleak expanse now discord yes the bleak expanse so yeah i forgot my tickets this last week when i went to harrisburg so i owe a bunch of people tickets i realized before the uh before the 1k we we probably should have but i i think when we are at the uh once we get to from the ashes Mm -hmm. uh, i think we're gonna take a selfie post it onto the twitter so you know exactly who you're looking for since we're not exactly face recognizable yet <laughs> and the only people that know what we look like are our locals and the people in the 
much that know us personally. I did post a picture of myself in the channel The Bleak Expanse before the 1K because um, so that way people knew what I looked like so they could come get a ticket. So, you know, once we have, you know, once I start getting a regular Discord up and running or some other stuff, I plan to do bigger giveaways. And I literally have a thing that I wrote down. Uh, things in the future to improve the podcast. Um, so I I literally get time at work that I sit down and I go, all right, what can I do? And I write all this stuff up and I just send it to Derek. He approves, gives me his input, comes back, and then that's where we're at. So all exciting things to come. So I hope you all have a great week. Uh, looking forward to hearing some some armory stories uh, and hopefully we'll catch y'all at the from the ashes pro quest definitely and don't forget to you know we're on you know spotify apple um i'm <laughs> i haven't had time to sit down and work on the youtube yet uh, i'm hoping you know i figured once derek is you know more settled in his job um we'll probably start working on you know what we can do for youtube stuff um, I'm thinking about maybe every once in a while picking up a box of, you know, all the sets of flesh and blood and we can do like a through the flesh and blood history opening, um, of the, what could have been that we've talked about. We could even, maybe once I have all the stuff done for the UPF heroes, maybe we'll make a video about that so you can see my crazy heroes in action. Yes. <laughs> so stoked for these weird little gremlin boys uh it's gonna be great um uh, we have the twitter at steel blade show t um if you go follow us there i try to tweet on a regular basis you know I, not a whole uh, it's most it's 90 percent of the time about flesh and blood um given talking about where i'm gonna be talking about the upcoming episodes you know, I post on Reddit, you know, trying to get community input, um, trying to get people to create a UPF hero for next week to get some other people's input on it. Um, this is basically a community podcast where I want as much input in it as I can from the community. Um, and so far, every the community's been really good about input you know, compliments, you know, helping us out, you know, guests being on here. So, uh, like I said, I've really been enjoying myself with this podcast. Uh, so, you know, make sure, you know, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, if you're in the discords we're in, hit us up there. Um, me and Derek are both in the Buds Discord. Uh, if you're from the, like, sen I think it's what, like, cent not central, like, south central. PA area is what it's considered. You know, we have the Bleak Expanse. Um, we're, if you're an owl person, we're in there. Jason, I know you're going to message me asking me when this episode is up. So it's going up soon. Which is a message that he won't get until after it's up. I know. That's <laughs> the point. Alrighty. Well, all that said, thanks again for spending your day with us. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.